G'day guys and welcome to episode 26 of the Imperial Rebel Orc podcast. My name is Eero. On today's show, we're talking about movies that inspired or influenced you either directly or inadvertently uh, when it comes to our beloved hobby. Pick up the brushes, pick up the paints, pick up the models and crank the music because it's time for the Imperial Orc podcast. Movies for me are much like the hobby. They're a bit of an escape from the real world. And I think, just like the hobby, you can get so lost in it, so immersed in the, in the plot or the action or the drama or the horror, whatever it is, that, yeah, for those hour and a, hour and a half or two hours, or if you're talking Lord of the Rings, like seven hours, um, you get lost and you kind of, everything is gone from your mind except for what's happening on the screen. And I think that's such a cool thing. Same goes for books and to a lesser extent for me with uh, with music, and I mean a lesser extent because obviously songs only go for a couple of minutes, but I do get lost in songs as well. Now, I could literally rattle off probably a 100 movies <laughs> that I feel uh, would have influenced me along the, along the road somewhere um, when it comes to the hobby, you know, like a, a certain scene or a certain um, actor or a certain plot line or whatever it is. There's literally so many movies that I could draw upon, but obviously for the sake of the podcast being only, you know, half an hour to an hour, um, I'll narrow it down to 10 movies. Just bear in mind, this isn't my top 10 movies of all time kind of thing. It's, uh, there might be, there might be some favorites in there, but it's more of a, a refined list on what movies I think had some kind of um, draw card for me, some some sort of influence on me to, uh, you know, do what I do when it comes to our hobby. If that, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> I grew up watching a lot of cowboy and Indian movies, spaghetti westerns with my dad. But the first uh, action movie that really comes to mind as far as ticking a big box for me was a war movie. And it was the very first war movie I ever watched with dad, which was The Dirty Dozen. For those of you not familiar with the movie, it's, uh, it stars Lee Marvin as the Major Reisman, the uh, infamous Major Reisman. Um, he's a hardened, bloody bastard who just is a no-nonsense kind of guy. Actually reminds me of my granddad a lot. Um, my granddad passed away probably oh, 30 years ago, but he was a great, a great man. But he was a real hard ass, you know? So, yeah, but anyway, so... Uh, Lee Marvin, Major Reisman, he's basically his job, he's tasked with um, selecting uh, 12 criminals, um, you know, like uh, soldiers, but who have done the wrong thing. They might have punched uh, an officer or killed an officer, and they're rotten away in some cell. So it's his job to pick those guys and offer them a choice. So they can go on a suicide mission with him and then they can, uh, you know, they can uh, win their freedom back, I suppose, and all the charges will be dropped. Or they can just choose to be, uh, to stay in the cell and opt out of the whole thing. Obviously, they all decide, yep, we're in this for the long run, let's do it. Uh, and then they're, yeah, parachuted into, I think it's France, and they have to attack this uh, French chateau to assassinate a whole bunch of German personnel. And needless to say, as it's a suicide mission, not a whole bunch of them return. And I think what it did for me 
it was the very first movie where it was in a against the odds kind of movie. And for whatever reason, I don't know why I like that kind of thing so much, but it ticked a big box and I watched that movie over and over and over again. It was full of action. It was World War II, so you know, I had all my toy soldiers out on the mat when I when I'd watch it. It just it was everything. And I and I think, you know, the whole Lee Marvin and my granddad thing cuz a granddad my granddad is a hero of mine. Um yeah, I just thought, wow, this is granddad leading a whole bunch of troops to their, you know, well, certain death. <laughs> What's not to like about that? I think something that was instilled in me after watching Dirty Dozen um, many, many times was that sort of, uh, that team. So that, you know, rag and bones, sort of rough around the edges uh, team and you've got a you know demolitions expert you've got a hand-to-hand combat guy and you've got a sniper and you've got a leader and you know that that really appealed to me and then all of course all these years later um yeah i uh, i've slowly started to collect the last chances from the games workshop range um you know they were released in the early 90s i think but yeah i've slowly started to chip away at collecting those which is obviously very reminiscent of the dirty dozen Number nine on my list. Actually, looking through the list, um, it's 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 very um, obvious that there is a there is a theme running through most of the movies I've selected. Do have that David and Goliath thing, and I've mentioned this before on previous episodes. Um, uh, yeah, I still don't really understand why it's such a big deal for me, but I just I love that. I love that kind of that kind of fight. That it's uh, you know against insurmountable odds it's cool anyway number nine is outlander not the most recent tv series um although that's not bad um no i'm referring to the sean connery movie from the 80s i think it was can't remember the year he plays sean connery plays a it's a so it's a science fiction science fiction drama slash thriller i suppose sean connery plays a a marshal who's sent to this um, uh, mining colony, and it's absolutely riddled with criminals. And the big thing there is the drug enterprise. And Sean Connery makes a vow that he's going to crush it. And it's basically him against everyone else. It's <laughs> it's really cool. It's set in space, obviously. Um, it's set in the future. Um, it's got a very, you could almost see a bit of a necromunda vibe if you're into necromunda so he could be the enforcer and then you've got all these kind of crazy gangs and yeah and he's a one-man army trying to sort it all out you know well there is i think there's a deputy there as well but yeah they make uh, light the baddies make very light work of him but that's definitely one to check out guys it's a bit more of an obscure uh, movie choice, but it's one that uh, as soon as I watched it as a kid, just fell in love with it, and yeah, I have it on DVD. But it's not one of those movies that everyone knows about. But I, I definitely recommend it. Next one on the list is uh, I mentioned before that I love the uh, cowboy and Indian movies. I love the Wild West. This one is sort of in that vibe, but um, instead of uh, cowboys and Indians, you've got um, the Texans and the Mexicans. I am, of course, talking about The Alamo, the original movie with John Wayne, Um, not the recent one over 10 years ago with Billy Bob Thornton, I think he was in it. Um, That was a pile of dog poo. 
the original Alamo. It's a long one. I think it goes for about three hours, but it's it's just awesome. It's it really is. And obviously, the main thing for me is the big finale in the end, which is all historically correct. Uh, well, I'm sure there's a bit of Hollywood uh, juge in there, but yeah, it's an epic battle. Um, and again, it's. Uh, you know, a vast army, uh, the Mexican army against 160-odd Texans. And, uh, yeah, they put up quite the gallant fight, I'd say. It's also probably the first movie where I was, I fell in love with, like, the fort, you know, the, the base, the castle, whatever you want to call it, the mission in this case. Um, you know, yeah, men standing up again on the parapets, facing off against all these hordes. Um, yeah, that's, that's just epic in my opinion. And yeah, I don't know. <laughs> again, it just really ticks a box. But special mention as we're sort of in the kind of area of cowboy movies, special mention definitely goes to um, a couple of Clint Eastwood movies. Uh, the Good, the Bad, the Ugly, absolutely brilliant, and also The Outlaw Josie Wales, which is probably my f- all-time favourite cowboy movie. Up next, we have Aliens. Now, of course, this had to be on my list. How could it not be on my list? Uh, this is the James Cameron vehicle. We all know it. We all love it. Um, the creatures, uh, obviously inspired by H.R. Geiger, who was a very twisted artist and done some really dark gothic art, which is brilliant, mind, mind-bogglingly good. Aliens, obviously, we all know the story, but I'll just run through it quickly. <laughs> it tells the story of uh, a mining colony that's, uh, you know, infested with aliens, and they basically come and kill everyone or... Um, inject their, uh, what do you call them? The little face hugger dudes. And yeah, then the, uh, the powers that be send in a team of Marines to sort of mop up and, and, you know, see what they can do to bring back or really to investigate, I suppose. They're there to investigate, aren't they? And needless to say, the aliens, yeah, have a, have a, a whale of a time taking out these, these hardened Marines, leaving really only Ripley, Sigourney Weaver, to uh, do what she can to get out of there with with Newt, the little girl, and also I think Hicks as well. He's injured. He's the uh, he's the corporal for the Marines, and a bit of a love interest. Um, great plot, a simple plot, but a great plot. And what I love about it, which is kind of macabre, but you know you've got these hardened um, Marines who have sort of seen some shit, but they're sent in to sort of mop it up, and they're they're sort of thinking, oh yeah, it's just a bug hunt. It's just going to be pretty straightforward. And then they're within the first half an hour or so of the movie, they're all but wiped out, you know, leaving only a handful of them to try and get out of there, really. And I think that's cool because that's unexpected. And I love that in a movie. I love when you... Because I think so many movies come out and I can sit down, especially now as as an old man, (laughs) I can sit there and go... Yep, this is what's going to happen, and you just, you just, you can write it. You can just play it out and go. This is exactly what's going to happen. Especially a lot of the, uh, the movies like my kids watch and stuff. You sort of just go, oh, yeah, this is like if it's a romantic comedy. You go, yeah, this is going to happen. Whereas something like Aliens, um, yeah, I remember watching it for the first time as a kid and and going, oh my god, like what are they going to do now? Everyone's dead, <laughs> and it just makes it all the more. Um, I don't know, just just uh, interesting to see, okay, so it's just basically this one lady 
who's got to fight her way out of there and how the hell is she going to get off this this planet full of aliens, you know? It's just, yeah, everything about that movie is brilliant. If you haven't seen it, I, d- I don't know where you've been living, um, maybe on some remote island that doesn't have TV. Um, but <laughs> if you haven't seen it, definitely go and watch it because it's it's absolutely awesome. And I think the inspiration there... <clears throat> For me, is obviously again, it's it's that David and Goliath story. If you if you if you strip it all down to the bare minimum, it's one lady against a whole bunch of horrible monsters, and that's cool to me. But I also think, I mean, just the aliens, the visual stuff going on. The aliens are amazing. Um, that's why my own Tyranid force that I'm slowly chipping away on is going to be sort of black, shiny, and slimy. Um, I know I'm not the first one to sort of come up with that idea, but I think it's a cool idea. <laughs> But also, you've got soldiers there, and obviously I love toy soldiers, and you've got these marines who are, you know, for the future, they're pretty typical kind of marines. They look like they've just stepped out of, like, Vietnam, you know, and they've got the body armor, they've got these kick-ass weapons, and, you know, they've got insignia, and they've they've got got grenades, they've got the whole kit and caboodle, um, and they just look badass, but then, yeah, as I say, they're all wiped out, and, yeah, to me, that was cool. Now, the next one, or the next two, I should say, technically, um, it's going to be two in one. So (laughs) I know I'm sort of cheating because I did say 10 movies, but this is kind of two in the same thing because it's Mad Max 2, Road Warrior, and Mad Max Fury Road, um, which came out 2015, 2016, or whatever it was with uh, Tom Hardy. Um, uh, Obviously, it's the same story, it's the same characters, blah, 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 whatever you want to call it. Um, so that's why I've put them together in this, in this, in this, uh, little bit here. Um, Mad Max Road Warrior, Mel Gibson, just uh, obviously seeing it as a kid, blown away. One of the things I love the most about that movie is all the vehicles. The vi- <laughs> just visually stunning. Um, when, when the little compound um, is surrounded by all the bad guys and they're in their little buggies and their bikes and all that kind of thing, yeah, you just go, oh, wow, this is very... Um, and now I sort of look at it and think, yep, that's the inspiration behind my techno-barbarian kind of guys. Um, and, yeah, it's... What, what can I say? Like, it's just so cool. It's obviously, again, it's again... You know the uh, the odds are against Mad Max and and his uh, little posse of people that he's trying to help out, um, and the battles in it, everything. It's just a, another simple story, but full of action, and it's there's a desperation to it as well. You know, which I really enjoy. I just feel like. Yeah, I don't know. You're kind of on the edge of your seat the whole time, and for me, that's really cool. Mad Max Fury Road, the more modern one. Um, it's similar. I mean, it is. You can't argue. Like, it's it's very similar to Road Warrior. Um, they're in a truck. They're going from one destination to another destination, and then they go back again. <laughs> uh, and and Max is really the passenger. He's the audience almost, like we are. 
Um, but you've still got these epic battles, these these amazing vehicles. Like they took the ideas from Road Warrior and just stepped it up like another hundred percent. You know, like it just the the sort of uh, rat fink or uh, what do you call them? Like the rockabilly style um, hot rods and stuff like that. But then big spikes coming off the back of them. Just oh, it's so cool. And the War Boys. I mean, I, I mean, I've seen it throughout now that lots and lots of people have. have uh, um, you know, incorporated the War Boys kind of look with the pale skin and the black going across their eyes into their own models, into their own. Uh, even um, a lot of people have done the Orc Boys, you know, um, in a similar sort of style, I suppose. And that's that's so cool to me. You've got the big truck that Furioso, um, uh, Charlize Theron's character, drives, and that truck is almost a character in itself. It looks like an orc battle wagon, you know? It's, yeah, everything about that movie is is so Warhammer, <laughs> in my opinion. So needless to say, that has to be in my list. How could it not be? There's, uh, there's so much rust, there's so much dust, there's so much blood, there's so much gore, there's just so much coolness. I can't even, oh man, I'm like... I'm overfilling with just just excitement about that movie still, and I watch it probably several times a year. Now, obviously, as I was a kid growing up in the 80s and 90s, um, I was a huge fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Commando, Terminator, Predator, Running Man. There's so many, um, even um, Raw Heats and some of the more obscure ones, I suppose. Kindergarten Cop, that was great. <laughs> um but the one that stands out for me when I was going through my lists and sort of trying to narrow it all down, the one that really stands out for me as far as being an influence on me and the, and the hobby is Total Recall. And I think it's mostly to do with the mutants. I think they are like, it's just really cool. I think it was one of those first movies. I mean, I'd seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the cartoon, of course, but I think it was one of the first movies I'd seen where there was kind of some sort of human mutation. And yeah, that was that was just cool. I mean, you you know, when he when the guy undoes his jacket and Quaid, um, the leader of the mutants, is coming out of the stomach of the dude. I mean, you just go, wow, my mind is blown as a as a whatever I was, twelve year old kid watching that for the first time. I was like wow, this is this is insane. It's really cool. So I think that's why, yes, I could have put Terminator in there and there was a whole bunch of others, but I really feel that I just kept coming back to Total Recall because, you know, yeah, it's just, it was just, it, it could almost be a Necromunda Underhive as well. The setting could be that exactly, you know? And I think, yeah, that's why it made the list. I'm not sure if you'll know the next movie. Um... It's probably, yeah, probably the least well-known one on the list. Um, Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure you saw that coming, actually. Um, what kind of person, what kind of hobbyist would I be if I wasn't into Star Wars? I mean, that would be sacrilegious if I wasn't into Star Wars. Needless to say, as soon as I watched Star Wars the very first time, and I'm talking New Hope... Yep, I was in. I was like, wow, mind blown. This is the greatest thing ever. And I still get goosebumps. When that music starts and the scroll starts to roll up, I still get goosebumps watching Star Wars, the original three. I like all the others, but the original three just takes me straight back to my youth. Dad would always read the script at the beginning 
and even as an older man, I used to, older person, I used to get dad to read it, like just for fun. <laughs> uh, and he always did it because he's a nice fella. But yeah, but Return of the Jedi, that's my all-time favorite Star Wars movie. And I had to have it on this list because I think everything in it is an influence. I think Luke, I'm not a big fan of Luke Skywalker, to be honest. I prefer the bad guys, but Luke Skywalker is cool in Return of the Jedi. He's wearing all black, which to my young mind, I was always like, but he's a good guy. Why is he wearing black if if he's a good guy? You know? <laughs> so, I, but I think somewhere in my young mind, I liked that too, that he was, he looked bad, but he was good. Um, you've got uh, Boba Fett, who's obviously my all-time favorite as well, like that goes without saying, um, but he dies and he doesn't, he kind of dies in a really pathetic kind of way, but at the same time, it was so pathetic, it was kind of cool to me as a little kid and still now, so I don't know. You got Jabba the Hutt, who's a, who's a talk about mutants, he's a, well, he's not a mutant, but he's just this horrible alien thing, big fat slug of a thing, absolutely grotesque, but cool a really cool bad guy because he's not jumping around like a ninja with a lightsaber, but he's he's ominous, he's scary, and he's like a mob boss. You know, well, essentially that's what he is. Um, and But he can't do anything himself, so he's got all his minions to be, you know, the guys that go and sort stuff out. Um, <laughs> I just think it's great. The whole opening scene, all the opening scenes of that movie are just fantastic. But I've got to say, and I know this is, you know, maybe not controversial, but a lot of people laugh at these little furry, fuzzy guys, but I love the Ewoks. I really did, especially as a kid. Like now I watch it and go, yeah, they're cute and cuddly and kind of funny, but but as a kid, I really loved them. And I had a, you know, I was lucky enough to get a small collection of toys of them and had my own little tribe going on that I'd play with out in the garden. Um, and the battle was brilliant. The battle with the Ewoks and the Stormtroopers and the Scouts was was great. Like, you had this, you know, this uh, technologically advanced army with their AT walkers and, and uh, you know, their laser pistols and everything else, blasters, against the Ewoks who were using spears and rocks and logs and, you know, very earthen-type <laughs> equipment. I guess very reminiscent of, you know... Um, white men invading countries and attacking the locals you know it, it definitely had that kind of as an older person i see that now um but obviously at the time i didn't really understand and just thought it was a great battle but um but yeah and the good thing was the ewoks won so that movie yeah everything about it is just so cool and how could it not be an influence on me and my hobby but funnily enough, I have yet to uh, paint any or build or paint any Star Wars miniatures, but it's definitely on the list. I'm definitely looking at um, uh, Legion as something I would like to paint, especially, I don't know why, but especially the Stormtroopers. I mean, they're essentially just black and white, maybe with a, a spot color on their shoulder shoulder pad. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's something I know that I'd quite enjoy painting and, and imagine having like a whole army of them but anyway that's uh, that's probably later on down the track but yeah return of the jedi had to be on my list is the imperial rebel Org podcast hey fight and you may die run and you'll love at least a while and dying in your beds 
years from now, you'd be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance to come back here and tell your enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! Thank you, Mr. Wallace. Very nice of you to stop by and uh, join in with the podcast. You're listening to Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast, episode 26, and I'm talking movies that inspired me to not get into the hobby, but have had some sort of influence over the years for me and my hobby. You know what I mean? They've planted a seed here and there and made me go, oh, I could do this and I could do that. Um, So, obviously... Braveheart. Now, I love, I'm a, as much as I was a fan of war movies and uh, Western movies as well when I was a kid, I also got into what I call sword and sandal movies, uh, watching them with mum and dad, mostly dad, um, from Ben-Hur, Spartacus, Vikings, and the Longships. You know, um, high adventure. It was cool. Back in medieval times, gladiatorial type battles and, and Roman legions, you know, chasing everyone basically and killing them <laughs> it was it was all I always lost interest with the love interests when they sort of came on they were kind of like a staple part of the diet with those types of movies I found but got to be bored with those but but generally loved all that kind of stuff and you know before I knew it I was outside in the back garden making swords and shields and having imaginary battles with people and yeah great fun great fun so needless to say, it definitely has had an influence on me and my hobby. And I can see it, like, obviously from very straightforward things, like um, um, a couple of years ago I put together a whole bunch of Spartans. And, uh, yeah, they had great fun putting those together, even, like, added a few arrows here and there stuck into their chests or into the into the ground that they were standing on, into their shields, added a bit of blood here and there too. I'm actually really proud of that project. I did, I made 15 because it was sort of based on, you know, the movie, the movie 300 is up there for me as well. But if I had to choose between 300 and Braveheart, as far as being influential, I'd say Braveheart. Um, 300, brilliant though. Um, But yeah, these particular models I made, I called them the 15 because obviously the movie 300 is about the 300. Um, And now I have plans to increase that number that I've got (laughs) because I enjoyed making them so much. So who knows, maybe one day I'll be able to say the 300 and have 300 Spartan warrior models, which would be really cool. Anyway, so Braveheart... um, I think the you know the heroic story, the the story of uh, an impoverished man who basically rose up to go. He didn't even want to fight, but you know what? He was sort of forced into a corner. Um, and as the movie story goes, um, his beloved was killed. So he went, "Yep, right now it's time to take up arms and and kick some ass," and became you know the uh, a bit of a, a bit of an icon, a bit of a leader amongst men, and uh, took charge and yeah. Gave the English a good whooping. Um, now I am English. My background English is English, but I am not too proud of some of the, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, some of the the dealings and some of the um, what do you want to call it? I don't know, misdemeanor. <laughs> That's a really light-hearted way of putting it. Some of the ghastly things that the English people did. But, you know, I mean, throughout history, we've all, the human race has all hurt each other at one time or another and done bad things. But I think the English and their, um, 
uh, <laughs> their arrogance, just thinking, yeah, well, the world's ours, so we'll just make everyone fall into line. That's not exactly something I'm overly proud of, to be honest, but, you know, we've come a long way since then. Um, plus, I'm Aussie now, and, of course, the Aussies did, never did anything wrong. <laughs> uh, anyway, I digress. Braveheart. Absolutely brilliant movie. Yes, it's bloodthirsty, but like I said, it's more the story of a hero. And I think, yeah, that's very cool. And and I love a hero when I'm making my models. Um, yes, I enjoy building like uh, rank and file. That's cool. But I often like a hero. I like a standout model to have something different about him, whether it's, you know, a torn vest or, I don't know, headband that just sort of singles him out from the rest and he's got an M60 machine gun or he's got a dagger between his teeth or, you know, some sort of really heroic champion is what I'm trying to say, who uh, stands out above the rest. And I think that's, I think I got that, um, not just from Braveheart, but Braveheart was a, was a key movie. Now, before I mentioned uh, the Alamo, and one of the things that stood out about that movie for me was having the fort, so having a, a bastion or a place where you sort of hold your ground against um, hordes of bad guys. That's that's really cool. Like your your back is literally literally up against the wall, and you're fighting off these hordes. And I just think that's such a cinematic, um, you know, kind of vision. And but also, yeah, there's been like the Alamo, like Rourke's Drift. There's been plenty. Of situations where that's that's been the case, you know, which is which is, don't get me wrong, I can imagine that'd be very very scary <laughs> if I was actually put in that situation. But I don't know. I think you know, there's something to be said about standing your ground and going nut. We're not gonna take it, and just going, yep, bring it on. Let's 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 dance, you know. Let's dance and let's uh, let's kick some ass. Um, so that takes me snugly to the next movie choice, which uh, has this um, scene in it: um, Starship Troopers. Now, Star <laughs> Starship Troopers is. Uh, it's pretty cheesy. It's pretty cartoony. Like you can't deny it. The acting is moderate to bad and the storyline is moderate to bad, <laughs> but it's still really cool. It's the, the gore factor is, uh, is 10 out of 10. Um, the action for me is 10 out of 10. Um, and plus it's got that scene about two thirds into the movie where they're at that fort, you know, the starship troopers there, there who look a hell of a lot like Cadian Imperial guardsmen, just uh, just blue rather than standard green. Um, they are, yeah, they've, they found themselves at this, this tiny little fort that's already been overrun by the bugs on the bug planet. It's already, like everyone there has already been killed except for that commander guy that was hiding in the closet. <laughs> and he came to a great end, which was brilliant. Um, and then, yeah, suddenly, you know, they're, uh, they're attacked again and uh, they all, you know, jump up onto the, uh, the ramparts and, and man the towers and, and guns at the ready and you just see this swarm, like this, this huge swarm of bugs, of aliens, of creatures just, oh, uh, like en masse, just, yeah, like an ocean of them. Um, just swarming towards the this this tiny little fort, and it's basically a fighting retreat. Like they hold their ground for as long as they can, but then the dropships come down, and it's like a fighting retreat to get the hell out of there. And it's edge of your seat stuff. It really is. Even if you're 
not a big fan of the movie, I reckon those scenes, that that particular segment is you can't you can't say it's not cool. It's it's really really cool. So therefore, it makes the list for me. And we're finally up to number ten, the last movie. Um, I actually did I count backwards? I might have count backwards. So let's say number one. Now I wasn't doing it in any particular order, so <laughs> I was just counting down or up, whatever. Anyway, the last movie choice for me as far as being an influence on me in, in some regard um, uh, for the hobby, is uh, a more of a somber one, a melancholy one. Um, there's still some action in there. Um, but aesthetically, it's I reckon it's quite Warhammer-ish in a way. And that movie is The Book of Eli, starring uh, Denzel Washington, um, and also one of my favourite singers and artists, um, Tom Waits, which is, which is really cool. And also another favourite actor of mine, Gary Oldman. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, it's it's I wouldn't say it's a hard watch, but it's a slow uh, burn. It's not full on action. It's not. Um, it's a fairly straightforward, simple story. But I don't know. The pace of it is kind of cool. It's a journey type movie, like you're following this guy called Eli, um, um, who has this book and with him, and he's protecting it at all costs. And it's in a dystopian sort of uh, post-apocalyptic world. And yeah, there's gangs, you know, marauding gangs with chainsaws and axes and shock, torn off shotguns. And it's got a bit of a Mad Maxi type vibe there. Um, and then, yeah, you've got this this character played by Denzel Washington who, I don't know, he's, he's very somber. He's, he's, uh, there's, he tells a story without saying too much, if that makes sense. And it's, yeah, it's such a rude, it's such a cool movie. Um, that yeah, I had to have that on my list, and I I think the setting is really cool, the visuals are really cool, the action's really cool, and the story is really cool. So that's uh, yeah, that's my ten guys. Now let's um, have a short break, and we'll come back with a little something more. Imperial Rebel Org Podcast. I put out the call on Instagram to see what uh, you guys were inspired, what movies you guys were inspired by with the hobby, and had a nice response. We had Wright underscore 36 who said, I remember when I was really young, before I had even heard of D&D or miniatures, I watched this animated movie called The Black Cauldron. The movie had magic creatures, weapons, skeletons, a lich-looking character, and a stone fortress. So I remember thinking it was unlike anything I had ever seen. Now... I think it's the same movie, but that's a that's a Disney movie that kind of failed. From what I heard, it actually kind of failed at the box office. So it was meant to be, you know, up there with like, you know, this is before Lion King, but it was meant to be a big release, a big blockbuster movie. But for whatever reason, it kind of just failed, even though it was popular with a lot of kids. I'd heard about that movie recently on another podcast, but um, that's why I've got a bit of a backstory there. Um, so thank you, Azzy Wright underscore 36. Go check him out. We also had Jason Turner Minis, who uh, suggested I go and sort of look at Grim at Grimdark Film Club, who I did know of, and they've been doing some um, some sort of showcasing some some uh, hobbyists and what movies and books and and art and stuff they like, um, which is really cool. So go check them out, Grimdark Film Club. But Jason Turner Minis. He said, uh, hobbyists from all over the world submit... Oh, no, no, sorry, that's about that. But for him personally, it's films like Dread, 
Mad Max, Dark City, and Event Horizon. Now, I can't believe I forgot to put Event Horizon on my own list because that is definitely a huge has definitely been a huge influence on my hobby. Um, if you don't know Event Horizon, definitely go out and look at it, guys, because it's incredibly dark and grim and it just oozes Warhammer-ish vibes. <laughs> it's so cool. I actually saw it when I was, for the first time, I saw it when I was 17. I was meant to be at trade school and I decided I might just have the day off. I went to the cinema by myself and walked in, sat down, and there was no one in there. And I'm talking no one, not even an usher person, you know, like it was just me. So I sort of sat in the middle of the cinema. This movie started and I don't scare easy I would say I'm not some kind of hero I'm more like an hero as we as we know but I I don't scare easy but it, mark my words in that sitting in that cinema by myself in the dark watching event horizon I was looking over my shoulder <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit it uh, Mez Geek who or Geek I forget Mez Geek M-E-Z-G-I-K-E I did a hobby spotlight on him recently he said probably seems obvious but for me Starship Troopers was like Cadians versus Tyranids I loved it now it's already on my list but yep I'm sure that movie has been a huge influence on a lot of hobbyists Beyond Stormcast He's got quite the list going on. He says, here's my list of films that have inspired me from past to present. The Dark Crystal. Now, to be honest, I'm not a fan of The Dark Crystal. I know it's probably a bit sacrilegious, but I guess it comes down to the fact that I don't like elves. I really don't like elves, and they're very elvish. So, but anyway, good choice for him. And the TV series as well. I haven't watched the TV series. I would give it a go, maybe with the kids. Uh, the movie Dread, Akira, Ghost in the Shell, Original and Innocence, Gundam, Char's Counterattack, Robocop, the original, hell yes, Jinro, Magnetic Rose, I don't know those two, all of the alien films apart from Re Requiem, which I agree. Oh, uh, no, I didn't like, um, what was it, number four? I can't remember what it was called, but anyway, didn't like that one, the one with Winona Ryder. It was okay, but it wasn't as dark as number one, two, and three, that's for sure. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Now, that's a that's an obscure one, I suppose. I watched it and sort of fell asleep halfway through. Um, didn't really grab my fancy, to be honest, but each to their own. Um, and, uh, oh, yeah, so that's it from uh, Bjorn Stormcast. Thank you, buddy. And Ignited Moth. Now, she's such a sweet lady, and she's an amazing artist. Go and check her out. So it's Ignited Moth. Um, she's also on WordPress and on Instagram. So go and, go and look at her words <laughs> and her amazing original um, graphic art kind of pictures. Really, really cool. Uh, she says... Really interesting question. I think for me, a lot of my early sources of inspirations came from whimsical and weird things like the movies Legend, absolutely love Legend, Labyrinth, absolutely love Labyrinth, the earlier Tim Burton stuff. For drawing, I learned a lot from Disney, Don Bluth or Bluth, manga and anime, Bruce Tim and Jamie Hewlett, Hewlett for sure. Then in high school, I found a lot of inspiration from those same sources, but also different different visual artists like Brom for the darker stuff and Amy Brown for more whimsical. Haha, <laughs> sorry, I feel like I could go on and 
and on because I really found bits and pieces of inspiration just about everywhere. Now, I think that's true for all of us, you know, like, don't get me wrong. It's not just those 10 films that have influenced me, but I kind of had to sort of narrow it down. Otherwise, I think I mentioned already, I could have just, this episode could have gone for seven hours. <laughs> so I had to, had to break it down. But thank you to those guys. Oh, sorry, one more as well. Uh, Kadian17 on the email. Um, he said Starship Troopers and he said Mad Max as well. So thank you, buddy. The Hobby Spotlight this week on episode 26 is a little bit different. It's not actually on someone or a group of people that make miniatures. It's not on a, a company that makes terrain. It's not on a YouTube. It's actually on another podcast. Um, I thought in the spirit of this episode being all about movies and such, I thought I'd give a, a big plug to my friends over on Star Wars Sessions. Um, it's a brilliant podcast. It's needless to say, it's all about Star Wars. It's run by two English chaps, one called Matthew Hudson, the other one called Luke Bly. They have such a great chemistry. They have such a great passion for Star Wars that they've been running this podcast for well over a year, I think, maybe even a couple of years now, I'd say. And each episode is just gets, it just gets better and better. So go and check that out, Star Wars Sessions. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, you know, Podbean, all the rest. Um, it's so good. And I, I definitely get, uh, I definitely suggest um, starting from the beginning. Like, don't just jump in randomly. Start from the beginning. They give you a breakdown or, or they go through each movie. Um, and then as each movie is released, like um, uh, the more recent one, Rise of Skywalker, they were so excited. They were counting down the days to the big release. And they've given a great review on that movie as well. They're, even though they're so passionate about Star Wars, they're always a very, they always give a very fair critique on everything, on the characters, on the movies, on the plots, everything. And it's a very honest, and I, I just think they're brilliant. I can't rave about these guys enough. So yeah, go check them out. Star Wars Sessions, brilliant. As it happens, Grim Dark Film Club reached out to me via DMs on Instagram and asked me if I wanted to get involved. So I suggested a movie, a book, uh, a piece of art, an album. So go and check out their Instagram page and you can see my suggestions and uh, my choices, but also a whole bunch of other hobbyist choices. And it's quite actually quite interesting. Um, it was hard to narrow it down to only one movie and only one album and all that kind of thing, but it was kind of fun too and you you know they ask you to uh, write up a little thing about why you like that particular book or that particular piece of artwork um, so go check them out grimdark film club if you'd like to check out my work as far as miniature works, um, you can find me on Instagram, Imperial Rebel Orc. If you'd like to read some of my wordy stuff and see pictures, then go over to my blog, which is imperialrebelorc.wordpress.com. Um, you can also email me for any reason whatsoever, imperialrebelorc at gmail.com. What have I been up to lately? Well, I actually dove into some bolt action. I've had bolt action kits for quite a while, since I think early 2017, and haven't really done anything with them. I did build some Germans at one time, but didn't really get stuck in in a big way um, until I cracked open a couple of boxes of 
Australians that I had. So a, a bolt action, for those of you that don't know, is uh, World War II miniatures and a World War II tabletop game um, from Warlord Games. And I gotta say, I had an absolute ball painting the Aussies. I'd watched the movie, talk about influence and inspiration, I'd watched the movie Kokoda, um, which is about the, the Aussies fighting the Japanese in World War II in uh, Papua New Guinea, um, and the famous track or trail called Kokoda. And it was a harrowing experience for both sides, I imagine, but the Kokoda is about the Australians sort of... Um, version of it i suppose and uh yeah so i thought oh i've got some aussie jungle fighters uh in the fungin so i dug those out and yeah got stuck in painted 10 within a couple of days and i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed myself i didn't actually make anything because these were lead miniatures or metal miniatures um and yeah i i honestly I had an absolute ball. And so now I've base coded another 20 Australian troops um, and I'm looking forward to getting stuck into those. But so that's kind of really been it for me with the hobby. I haven't done anything with Hellgate. I haven't done anything with Rourke's Drift for quite a while. I really need to do, get back on board that train. Um, <laughs> I've done a whole bunch of posts um, on the blog about OTP terrain. Um, definitely go and check those out. And uh, yeah, there's, there's some really cool 3D um, terrain from those guys uh, but that's yeah that's kind of it for me guys so I hope you enjoyed this episode I actually really enjoyed this one as I've said before some episodes sort of stand out more than others for me um, that's not to say that some episodes are boring it's just that I don't know I think I get overly excited about some more than others like the one I did about scale models uh, or scaled in general. Um, I wasn't like really, really excited, but talking about movies, that's exciting to me. And I hope you enjoyed it too. So that's it for episode 26 of the Imperial Rebel Lore podcast. I'll see you in episode 27, where I'm going to be talking about bolt action. <laughs> see you guys. You've been listening to the Imperial Rebel. Oh podcast.